0: Shalom, y'all, and welcome to Sound the Shofar, the quest for biblical truth. I'm your host, Spencer Balduke, and today is a special occasion. Today is my first guest interview. That's why I'm dressed up. <clears throat> so uh, my guest today is Paul Togazolu. He is the host of the Beyond Homo Sapien podcast. On there. He talks about human evolution and how advancing technologies integrate with our human reality. You'll find that Paul and I, we disagree on a whole lot. But one thing that we both definitely love is jujitsu. So we'll be using jujitsu as a centerpiece for our conversation on truth. So without further ado, it's time to sound the shofar. Welcome, Paul. <laughs> How's it going, Welcome. man? I'm.
1: It's going great. Thanks for having me, Spencer. It's good to see you. You look very fancy, Thank and you. I'm very Thank excited you. to be here on this very special day.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Uh, for those that are going to be on the podcast, like not watching the, the video, I am wearing my my best and finest jujitsu attire. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. We've got a uh, suit and tie. <laughs>
1: Well, no, we don't have the jacket on, but we got everything else. We got this. Yeah, yeah I work on the jacket. We got the sweater jacket. That's a, that's more than enough. That's badass. <laughs> Tonight's um, no
0: gi for jiu-jitsu, so. Um, oh, that's awesome, man. Yeah. So
1: I'm really glad that you've been able to train. <laughs> that's fantastic because I know that a lot of schools have been going through some hard times. Um, I'm really glad that you've been able to to train locally. That's good news to see that people are able to start kind of reopening to some extent.
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um yeah, so for for those that don't know, what is? like, well, actually, let's 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 take a step back. Yeah, please. Um, do you remember how you and I met? Hmm. Yes, I do. Okay. So, um, how was that? I sure do. It was, g- it was on the chest. It was on the
1: jujitsu mats, um, and you showed up at the Bomb Holder jitsu Club um at the mats at the old gym that we used to hang out with when we were both in the army um in germany bomb germany middle of nowhere redneck germany basically and they had some gym some mats for jujitsu or wrestling that we could use inside of the gym so we decided to set that up and somehow you and i got in contact or something i think i might have just showed up actually and then you were there and you were teaching mm-hmm. and then we rolled and we became buddies and then it, you offered to take me and my ex-wife to uh, the Ramstein Jiu-Jitsu Club, which was like 45 minutes away because we didn't have a car at the time. And we went there, and we got to know each other, and we ate some fast food at Ramstein Air that's Force right, Base. That's right. And um, the rest is history, as they say.
0: Yeah. So I, th- I think the first time um, you – I think you had con- come in contact with maybe Brian Money. No, Brian wasn't there at the time. It was, I think, it was Joe. I think I got in touch
1: with uh, Purple Belt Joe.
0: Okay, as I remember, sometime where we 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 uh, we got to meet. And so um, some of my um, friends, family, audience, they don't know what jujitsu is. What is? Oh my gosh! What is jujitsu?
1: Jujitsu, uh, it's a grappling martial art, very similar to wrestling or judo in a sense. Um, it looks a lot like what you see, Uh, what I often tell people is imagine what you see in the UFC, but with, but minus the punching and kicking and the elbow strikes and stuff like that. So, and then people are like, oh, okay, gotcha. Like it's kind of like the the ground element, but you start standing and there certainly is a lot of standing moves like takedowns and throws and trips and different ways to wrestle people to the ground. Um, but it's mostly focused on joint locks, chokes, uh, ankle attacks, knee attacks, uh, you know, like the joint manipulation kind of stuff and uh, mm-hmm. and controlling people, you know, and, and stuff like that without using punches or kicks. Um, however, in some of the more self-defense oriented aspects of jiu-jitsu, like Gracie jiu-jitsu, which is where I started in mm-hmm. um, under Pedro Sauer, they do emphasize kicking and self-defense and punch blocks and punch defense and stuff with weapons and all that kind of stuff. So that all does certainly exist within the curriculums of jujitsu, but that's more like the self-defense side. And these days, there's a huge sport element of jujitsu that Spencer and I kind of have connected on, which is a lot more fancy, a lot more crazy mm-hmm. sometimes, with some fancy-ass moves that you can pull out of your hat like magic. Um, but nothing. Uh, but oftentimes, those same moves might not work in a street fight. So then there is still that element of self-defense jujitsu which is important to practice. So there's my spiel. Is there yeah. anything you can add? <laughs> That's a
0: pretty good explanation. Yeah. Uh, sometimes uh, it's difficult to describe um, such a complicated physical sport. Yeah. Um, you, you know, because like, how do you explain a, a joint lock for someone who doesn't have a clue Yeah. How that's possible. Um yeah, so um when did you start jujitsu? Man. Well, I started uh first with judo when
1: I was seven. My dad Mm. is a judo black belt and he started when he was a kid, um back in when he lived in Turkey, where he grew up. And then when he came to America, he kept training in judo and he got his black belt. And then um, when I was seven, he took me to my first ever judo classes. And I went for like a couple of weeks. Uh, then we stopped going for some reason. I forget. Um, I think it was like too far a drive or something. But, uh, but then when I was a little bit older, like 15, I got back into judo for a couple of years. Um, but then I stopped doing it because I was lazy, to, be, you know, <laughs> to put it simply. And then I got back into it when I was like 19 because I wanted to lose some weight. Um, and I've been training kind of off and on ever since. And now it's about almost a 10 years later. Um, and I'm a purple belt in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, a brown belt in Judo. Um, but yeah, but I kind of switched more to Brazilian Jiu Jitsu um, when I really, when I graduated college, when I was like 22. So that was what, like mm-hmm. six years ago. Um, I kind of stopped training Judo because Judo is really hard on your body. And I just started really connecting more with Jiu Jitsu. I just like the style better, I like the rules a lot better for competition. I wasn't passionate about judo competition, but jujitsu competition is always a lot of fun. I like the rule set for jujitsu. Um, and I like that jujitsu incorporates punching and kicking and self-defense stuff to a more degree than judo. So um, so yeah, so I've really been just doing jujitsu for like six years now. Um, and that's how I met you. That's how I met a lot of people. I used to do a jiu-jitsu yeah. podcast. So that's kind of also how I got started with entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. Um, the podcast I do now beyond homo sapien is about a lot more than just jujitsu. Um, Mm -hmm. it's about, you know, the future of the species and kind of how to make sense of this crazy world and human evolution, really, you know, the Mm -hmm. future essentially. Um, and, uh, and that includes jujitsu in my, in my opinion, in my experience. So, um, yeah, Yeah, which is,
0: which is, you know, I, I, when I was trying to think about like, um, when do I want to start? having interviews and, um, you know, it's it's kind of been an interesting process of, as I've thought through my own podcasts and, um, I thought it'd be, it'd be good, especially a conversation between me and you, because we are, we do think so differently Mm -hmm. at the same time. Um, we have this passion for jujitsu that, um, I think that we've brought into our understanding of truth, and oh, yeah. and is why um, ultimately why I wanted to have this conversation with you. Oh, thanks, man.
1: Yeah, I think it's important. It's like a basis, a foundation of personal and ultimately spiritual development. So, if we're talking about evolution, what I'm talking about there is more about internal evolution, not necessarily Darwinian evolution. I'm right. talking about something at a much grander scale. You know, mm-hmm. cosmic, spiritual mind body soul essentially that kind of thing um like look at those certainly are some
0: different definitions of evolution Um, like look at what's happening now
1: where where are you at you're in austin texas right
0: no no no, now i'm in alabama oh you're in alabama oh sweet
1: that's that's a little bit closer to me sweet so um yeah i'm in in missouri but we're about like probably like you know 10 hours away from each other having this conversation about personal spiritual development it's going to be on the internet for anyone to watch anywhere uh, to expand their minds, to grow their way of thinking to um whatever you know learn about whatever we end up talking about, and that can be consumed by anyone who has access to the internet like where and that's just one of countless examples of how our species has kind of evolved and moved forward into a new paradigm you know and I just argue on the show that like where we're at right now is so different from where our caveman ancestors were at like you can't exactly call us the same species. Like, it wasn't exactly a biological evolution, but it's been an evolution in consciousness. And I think that what we're finding is that an evolution in consciousness and a, a spiritual evolution, so to speak, is more powerful than a biological one. You know what I mean? At, at well, its fundamental core. So that's kind of what I argue for on the right. on the show.
0: Yeah, and, and this is one of those things that, um like we would very much disagree on because I have a very different concept of of how the evolution of thought works. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's go back to um, how does jujitsu influence, say, like your personal um, thoughts? Like so, so, so here's an example. Yeah. Um, whenever I started jujitsu. I thought I was good at fighting like, right. i thought I thought that was going to be like my thing. I had done um several years of of kung fu and karate um I used to wrestle with my brother all the time, oh yeah, for i mean like we could wrestle for like forty five minutes an hour straight we I was in such good shape um not not anymore but um <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah, Mac- uh. <laughs> but when we um when i when i walked into jujitsu, jitsu i actually had on my um my karate belt oh and, wow and my this jiu-jitsu instructor was like yeah you're gonna need to take that off oh man poor um, spencer <laughs> I, I was like you know really no. <laughs> like you know how that feels like like if you feel like you earned something like i earned i oh, was yeah, yeah. given this they recognized my my skill karate, level karate skill um, and, and, and now you're asking me to put that aside. What belt were you? Um, i, I was just like a green belt. Oh, okay. I, I well, don't so- even know what that meant to us anyway. Anyways, cause they have like eight belts or something. Whereas you yeah. has five, those. um, and And I think they're even a different order in, in some cases. Gotcha. But, um, but I remember, I remember like actually doing jujitsu, and then thinking, I have no idea what is going on. <laughs> um, it, it, All I know is I'm tapping. <laughs> well, like uh, there was a, the, the, the first roll. Um, so uh, rolling is when you're wrestling. But the first roll I had with someone in Jiu-Jitsu, um, I remember I was on top. They put their legs around my neck. And then like my vision went out. And I was just, you know, Love I started, it. I started tapping out, but I thought there was like some sort of accident that happened. Yeah.
1: That's um, just how it goes.
0: <laughs> and, and so I was like, it was just an accident. Like, well, you know, we'll do it again. And I, I rolled the person again. They put me in the same thing. They put me in, you know, the, they put me in the triangle joke. And, and then again, I was still stuck uh, in, in this uh, thought that, that, that it must be an accident yeah so we did it a third time and this time that that time i i firmly understood that i that <laughs> no it was accident. not an accident <laughs> yeah oh my um, god I like jiu- like triangles don't happen by accident no the, they don't types of the, jokes.
1: <laughs> that'd be a good t-shirt triangles don't have by accident <laughs> oh man i love it
0: so um so for me The there's been this this wrestling, Hmm. like that. When I started doing jujitsu, I started um, kind of having a different approach to how you deal with things. Right. Um, How do you deal with knowledge? Um, You know, sometimes like you may not know. Like I didn't know any jujitsu. I didn't know. How powerful it was, um, how useful it was, and so I, I looked at it before as like, "Oh, this is just any other martial art." Yeah, for sure. Um, and I think one of the first things that um, that kind of hit me was comparing Taekwondo to jiu- Jitsu. Um, I'd done some Taekwondo and i assume that you've probably had this type of experience before a it, little bit yeah it depends um and like you know if someone loves taekwondo out there sorry huh but and of course there's always going to be different teachers but i remember going into taekwondo and everything was set like they do this you do this right they do this you do this And and so they had these techniques that were kind of like pre, everything was pre planned. And this is, and it was even being taught this is what they're going to do in response. Right. Um, And I remember thinking, like, this is not very real. Um, And I remember thinking, this is kind of how most people approach, um, information. Right. So, but if you were to try to tell one of those Taekwondo people that the martial art was terrible, um, (laughs) They're not going to believe you. Well, no one, they're not going to believe you, but then they're going to get really angry. Right. And, 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 you know, because they put a lot of trust in their teacher you know, their teacher told them like this is going to work. Their teacher, you know, they showed them some videos of when he's fought, and and so they there's kind of this um, this delusion that like is a mythology, um, kind of. What what do you mean by that
1: mythology? Like almost there be develops like a legend around the sensei, around the master that yeah, may sure. or may not be true.
0: Yeah, for sure. Sort of thing. Um, and, and that's one of the things that was fascinating about the rise of jiu-jitsu um, is when the Gracies, the Gracie family who um, took Japanese jiu-jitsu and then um, essentially evolved it. They um, updated it uh, perhaps or maybe even just – some of it was just rediscovering things that used to right. exist. Um, they went around – they called it the Gracie Challenge. Right, they they go around and challenge all of these uh, grandmasters um, throughout Brazil, um, and they'd videotape it. Right, and there's all these videos online um, where you you can see the stubbornness of these grandmasters, these yep. self-proclaimed experts, or maybe you know other people told them to call them experts um, of uh, decades or even centuries of training that when once it was challenged they thought you know how almost like how dare they right like they don't they don't know what we know like we've yeah we've spent so much time in this and and it's like it's really embarrassing because you see these people that spent their lifetimes um, believing in something and they have like lots of good skills but then like get put to sleep in a you know, 15 seconds or 20 seconds. Right, for sure. Um, I know, like, the first, at least uh, probably the second video of Jiu-Jitsu I saw, um, you know, this Kung Fu master or whatever was going against uh, Hoist Gracie. Whew. And um, and he got put to sleep. And then uh, Hoist was just... Uh, was it always No, it was uh, Hoyler Gracie, I think. Oh, no. Gangster. And, and he was just... He was just toying with him, like playing with a like really like playing with a toy, yeah, against someone who had spent their entire life um being called perfect. an expert,
1: yeah, being perfect in this thing, yeah, anyone who's listening, you can go check out the just search Gracie in action videos, mm-hmm. that's what they're called the Gracie in action videos. Um, but yeah, the Gracie challenge is legendary <laughs> and they brought it to the United States too. And they would have people just showing up at their different universities or academies mm-hmm. challenging them. And they got all sorts of videos from all their, they, and their students would start getting in fights with people too. And they would do dojo storming and they did all sorts of old school stuff.
0: Yeah. And it's, uh, it, it I think that's a fascinating, uh, case study yeah. for, um, belief systems yeah. Um because every everyone has some sort of belief system. Mm-hmm. Um you know, no no matter where you grew up, um, you know, even if it's uh even if it's atheism or something else, it is a sort of type of belief system where you ha- you have a construct in how yeah. you think. Um and so everyone naturally has this Uh, It's just part of growing up. Um, And so then what do you do when you're challenged? Like how, like, you know, it's always one of those, like you see how angry people can become. Mm -hmm. um, When you, I just had like this uh, notification come up on my screen. Yeah, I got it too. Um so um I lose my train of thought so easy. Okay. <laughs> um where, where, where were we? You were talking about um, you know,
1: jujitsu as kind of the search for truth as these as uh as these different masters were finding out the different uh comparisons of belief systems.
0: Yeah. So um whenever you have like that challenge of you you come across information that um could potentially change your thoughts or at least seems to contradict um what you understand or believe um you know that that's when like you'll see people get naturally angry yep um and you know i think if we sat and and like like settled down about it you'd realize like, well, Hey, like, why'd you get that upset that fast? Yeah, um, for sure. You know, but, um, I, I, think it's a sort of defense mechanism, hmm. um, which, which we see in jujitsu. I mean, I, am sure you, um, you, you have your own stories where you've seen this. Um, but, you know, for example, I, I've seen this quite a few times where, You'd have someone come into the gym. First time doing jujitsu, big strong guy um comes in and is like like they have this feeling of that they're already a good fighter and they just want to, you know, to show other people. Yeah. Um, or perhaps they're like, Well, I might learn something, you know, I might learn something. Yeah. But then they come in and you know get beat up by a 13 year- olds yeah, um, and and then you see that person in anger just leave the gym and never come back. Yeah. or you see the
1: other person in humility start training jiu- Jitsu.
0: yeah, and that's um, I've seen both. yeah, for certain, plenty of both. there's a there's a a verse in the Bible that like, I think speaks to me on that. And <laughs> talks about like you'll either be um, humbled or humiliated. Hmm. Um, uh, I'm I'm never very good at quoting, but it's something yeah. like the like the, 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 the the stone that the re- the the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. Um, like those that will either be. Crushed, or man, this is I, this is amazing. I'm I'm a, I'm like a PhD student uh, and Bible uh, exposition I I can't quote verses very well.
1: That's okay. Um,
0: it's always that's it's okay. always been a, a um something I felt terrible about, but I just have uh, a terrible memory.
1: That's okay, Spencer. I still um, believe in you. No, I t- I get what you're saying. Um, there's a lot of messages like that in the Bible related to that sort of thing. But the there's, there's like that, that
0: fine line. Of which do you fall under? Yeah. Of, you know, when you go, when this person, like, come into jiu-jitsu as the example, you know, are you going to be humiliated or humbled?
1: Yep. And prior, um, pride is an interesting thing mm-hmm. um, because, on the one hand, um, I feel like it is good to take pride in certain things. Like, you can take pride in, in, in some aspects of who you are. You sure. can take pride in yourself. You can take pride in work you've done. You can take pride in the fact that you're a hard worker or that you have a great, you know, done great things for the world or whatever. You can feel, you know, mm-hmm. um, you can feel pride. Like pride is important. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's very important for everyone to feel pride about, about what you believe. You can feel proud of your beliefs, about the, you can feel proud about the work you've done to develop your beliefs, you know, or uh, to investigate and develop yourself and all that kind of stuff. Um, you, you should feel proud about all that kind of stuff um but pride can also be kind of uh can border or go kind of like the it's almost like we got the good pride here we'll just call that pride on one on one end then on the other end is almost more like arrogance you know what i mean and it's like i think that's a lot of times what we're talking about when we're talking about like the pitfalls of pride is we're talking about when it kind of blends over to when it's now arrogance and i've thought a lot about like what's the difference you know what's the what do you think is the difference? When do you cross over?
0: So um, I'm I'm going to bring in some Arabic on this one. Yeah, please. Um, so in Arabic, um, the word for uh, large or big is kabir.
1: Hmm.
0: Um, and if you want to make it a of like change the form of it, it can become pride. Um, hmm. to so yakaber. Um, so once kabir, once yakaber. Um and and so they have this uh this relationship between uh, making something bigger than it really is mm. um so i think it's some of it has to do with uh what is reality what is yes. real um so if you're having pride in something that is real like it's 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 like according to the facts yeah um i think that's one of the things that um, we would call good um, you're taking pride and something that's, that's good. That's something, it's something real. Um, but there's a point where it becomes um, oh, it, it, in Arabic, it, it makes it's, it has this reflexive. It has this, this feeling of you are making it bigger mm. than it is. Um, so I think, Uh, that side of pride, you know, that's when you're making it to be something that it's not. Um, I love
1: you. You know, um, I've read the, I've studied a little bit of the Bhagavad Gita from the Hindu texts. And (laughs) there's one part about that book that talks about how you don't have a right to the fruits of your labor. You only have a right to the labor itself. And it's kind of trying to advocate this idea of, you know, we don't necessarily have any, deservitude or anything or any attachment really, or shouldn't have any attachment really to like the, the outcomes of your work or what it produces, you, sh- you're, you should just be in it for the work itself, for the love of doing the thing itself. So in our case, we're doing jujitsu because we love jujitsu. It's not that we are trying to achieve some external goal. The external goal would just be an outcome of the process, but it's the process that we fall in love with. You know what I mean? And I think the same is true Mm. for any sort of personal development. You know what I mean? It's like, or biblical studies or reading any old book or studying any scripture or any holy text. It's all about, you know, what are you trying to, you got to fall in love with the process of that. You know, you can't be looking to get some sort of external satisfaction or else maybe you are verging over into arrogance or whatever that might be.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I think it's important for me to say that this is one of those things that we would definitely disagree on, but um, um, it's one of those that we should always be willing to talk through um, people's various belief systems. Because hmm. if we don't have those conversations, you can't you can't come true to truth. Yeah, for sure. Um, and and that's. You know, if I go back to the jujitsu example, like when the, the Gracie family is going around doing these challenges, um, you know, there's definitely a lot of pride that they have. Oh, yeah. And and so, that the, of course, there's going to be that mixture of at times where they build themselves up more than really it, they were. Um, you know, when like you self-promote yourself to like ninth degree – or 10th degree red belt. Um, <laughs> I, like that's a little pretentious to me. Yeah. Uh, to promote yourself. Uh, but um, that aside, like they, they were able to show um, that it it was better. It worked right. better. Um, and, and so they had, you could say that um, the Gracie challenge um, um, it is kind of like, um, physical conversations where yes. they had these conversations and they were kind of brutal. Yeah. Um, you know, nobody wants to be made a fool. Um, and and I think that's one of the, the aspects that's always kind of scary when you get into a debate. Um, because if we were to debate a topic, there would always, there's so that, even if you're really confident that you're right, because most of right. us think that we're right. Um, there's always that, that, I think, little fear, like, well, what if I'm made a fool of? Um, and so, it, like, there's that aspect that um, whenever, we, whenever we do rolling, regular jiu-jitsu training, um, we always recognize, that like, yes, I'm trying to a- achieve a certain um, outcome, but there's kind of a bigger outcome or a bigger goal. And a lot of that's that is what you're talking about, personal development. Um uh and and you're trying to make friends, right? that's I mean, that's one of the one of the things I like about um this particular martial art is it's um you can make deeper friends. Um I, I, okay, so I don't know about you, but whenever I think about people that I've done jujitsu with, if I was like, hey, dude, like I'm going to be uh, in your state, near your city, like, um, that cool if I just stay over? I'm pretty confident that most jiu-jitsu people that have trained together, most of them will be like, yeah, dude, come on over. Yeah, for sure.
1: Um, yeah, most of the time for sure. And, um, yeah, it's a really great community to be honest with you. The jujitsu world is a great place to find kind of a home in this crazy world for sure. There's a, there's a lot of great people that do jujitsu. Although I think that there is sometimes this myth that like, just because someone trains jujitsu, they're automatically a good person. And I've found that certainly is not true. Um, there's assholes in every organization and every sort of play, you know, no matter in every movement, you know what I mean? So uh but there are a hell of a lot of people who do jujitsu who are great people and they seem to be in the overwhelming majority. Um so yeah, yeah. I'm totally with you on that. You know, it's a great spot.
0: Well I think one of the reasons for that is like if I um like if I thought about people I don't kung fu with or whatever, I don't feel that same connection yeah um and one of the things that jiu-jitsu does bring to the table is that um because every time you go to the mats um every time you train you you basically fail multiple times um every training Yeah. whenever you and this is something joe rogan's talked about it's pretty famous um for is that whenever you tap you're you're basically saying you just killed me. Like you could. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> um,
0: yep. That's a, like that kind of, I think that does something to your psychology. Um, when you're, you're entering into something. Um, willingly. And also willingly saying you could have just killed me. Yep. Um, and doing this over and over again. I think it does something to you.
1: It's powerful. I tell people about this. This is one of my favorite things about jujitsu is the feeling of – well, there's there's two feelings. There's the feeling when you know you're about to be tapped um, and you finally let go and you submit. It's a feeling of letting go like no other. It's almost like as if you were about to get eaten by a great white shark and you finally have surrendered to it. And you're like – you just let go and you're like – (laughs) but there's a little moment there there's a little second there where you're like i am i'm i'm done you know like there's like one there's one second there of like at least for me maybe i'm just crazy but at least for me there's like one second there right before the tap like in between that moment when you realize you have to tap and then you actually tap there's a moment there that i always feel of like piece of surrender of like, you know, of like I, I offer myself as a sacrifice, you know, to
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't have that one as much. But then on the other
1: hand, yeah. when I'm the one in the other corner and I realize that I'm about to get the person, there's another feeling of like kill, like close in. <laughs> like that feeling when you finally have someone and you want to make sure that you got the arm bar or you want to make sure you got the choke. There's one moment of like, primal aggression of like, ah, you know, that, that moment of like, you've got the heel hook sunk in and you're just about to twist and you know, he's going to tap. And then he actually does. There's a moment of like a very, there's a very primal moment on both ends. That's what mm-hmm. I'm getting at. You know what I mean? It's a very, you're very connected to something, you know, so to so some warrior, you're very connected to some warrior energy both of you for like, uh, for just a second, you know, for just a moment where it like gets real and then you release a hug, you know, and it's, it's
0: magical. It's powerful. Uh, What's, what's fascinating is, um, people that, that haven't gone through that experience, they don't understand how that wrestling, like going through that somehow makes those people closer yeah exactly it's crazy um, like yeah it is it is really like like hey we almost just killed each other like we're best friends now yeah um, <laughs> it's very I bonding mean, <laughs> <laughs> i mean we became really good friends um i think pretty much from the start yeah um for sure. you know, we, we rolled together a couple times and it's like like hey let's go to the mall or whatever we did in Germany. Yeah, exactly.
1: Um, <laughs> it's great, man. And uh, it's a great way to meet people. It's a great filter for friends. It's a great filter for people, you know, to be like, oh, looking to meet cool people, go to jujitsu class. It's probably going to be a lot of cool people there. You know what I mean?
0: Well, I think you can tell people's character um, pretty well. Because when you're when you're under a lot of um, strain, which you could say jujitsu does that, um oh, yeah. especially at first you can tell someone that's like really prideful or has anger problems or um um i don't know like lots of different problems i've seen um i remember i i, I when i first started training i asked this this guy why he started training cuz like i don't know it's just a conversation tool and he's like i started training so um, I could kill my ex, uh, said kill my wife's boyfriend. Whoa. It's like, like this guy was trying to take his wife or something. And he's like, yeah, I want to kill him. I was like, Oh, I'm just here for fun. (laughs) Wild. Um, and, and so, you know, you can, you can see people's like things come out pretty well. I don't think that guy would have told me that on like, if we weren't training together, No. (laughs) I promise no. you called the cops. People, it's like therapy. I,
1: <laughs> like therapy a lot of times for people. It's it's powerful. Um, yeah. And in terms of like talking about the search for truth and stuff like that, I feel like jujitsu is a great metaphor for that. Um, for the idea that what I something I believe is that the truth, whatever that is, yeah. is for the usually right in front of our faces. It's usually like if something is true. We should, you and me should be able to find it here within this conversation, you know, through some means. We should be able to deduce it or realize it or figure it out between us. Or maybe there's some book behind you that would have some insight into the nature of truth, ex- so on and so forth. Yeah. And, but what I'm, but what I'm, that's something I believe. But what yeah. I'm getting at is I feel like jujitsu is similar as a metaphor for that sure. in the sense that there's always a solution in jiu-jitsu. There's always an escape. There's always a counter. There's always some way to get out of a hold. There's always some way to take down the other person. And something that I always think about, like, is whenever I'm pinned and I think I can't possibly get out, I always think, like, okay, what would Marcelo Garcia do? Marcelo Garcia is, like, the Michael Jordan of, of jiu-jitsu. I'm like, okay, there is a way out of here. If, if Marcelo Garcia was in my position, I'm sure he would find a way out. So there's, there's a there's a way out somewhere. You know what I mean? I might not be able to find it before this guy taps me, but I always have that, re, you know, the, the the truth is always there. I always have the answer to tapping your opponent is always right in front of your face. It's always just one or two moves away, just like in chess. You know, and that um, that's kind of, I feel like, a great metaphor for life. That's something I've really taken away from jiu-jitsu is like, the answer you're looking for is probably only one or two steps away the truth you're looking for is always probably right in front of your face the the simplest answers are the you know the realist occam's razor stuff like that you know so i feel like that's a that's for me where jiu jitsu fits in to this kind of conversation of of truth for sure
0: yeah and and i like the concept comparing the concept of rolling um, this wrestling with conversations yeah, um, and the thing is that when we do jujitsu, um, it, when you first start out, it's a little awkward, um, getting into it, and you, you, you can almost feel bad for for tapping people or or like, like, why did they do that? That hurt, and then you're upset with them. Like, this is something that you can ha- happen when you first start, but then what, once you get into it, like, it it just kind of melts out, and it's just jujitsu. Like, that's just what you do. Right. Um, With conversations though, um, we generally have a much harder time to enter into conversations um, with people that think differently than us. For sure. Um, And, and you know, and this is one of those things that I kind of hate Facebook and and the same types of things for at times, because it's not a good platform for conversation. Um, It's You know, when you're speaking to someone, um, there's a lot of emotions that you can sense. Yeah, for Um, sure. You can sense when they don't understand what you're saying. And so you can kind of stop and then like try to evaluate or something. But whenever you're, you know, like texting someone, um, things are much easier to take out of context. Um, But I, I like conversations um, because we're able to, I think have a better sense of evaluating our thoughts. Um, you know, even if I, uh, you're having a, like a Facebook debate, um, with someone, there's still an aspect where you're not able to evaluate each other. For sure. Um, you can't, sometimes it's hard to tell, like, are they just angry or, yeah. <laughs> um, when I, when you have to face someone and talk with them um about something there's this kind of this reality um that you you have to come to a certain grip on truth i think mm-hmm. um it, here's just something i've, I've been thinking of off, off the top of my head that um connects with this um is in scripture like often they'll, they'll talk about confession. What is confession? And, um, and the more traditional Catholic types would see like, oh, this is a, a place you go to a certain booth or talk with a certain priest and then they can absolve you of your sins or something. Um, but um, my understanding of confession from these scriptures is making something known. And specifically, it means to a person. Um so there's a interesting passage where it says, uh confess your sins one to another, that you may be healed. It's like, well, most people, uh, especially of of, of faith, like, well, I just say it to God and and then it's done. Um I was like, well, that's not what the author of this particular text of scripture thought. Um, they wrote um, that you have to make it known to another person for that healing to take place um, and I think that's that's somewhat related to this, is that without having conversations, there's no hope for healing.
1: yeah, well, I feel like put differently, like the way that I would understand those two verses would be that it is possible to forgive yourself and to have that sort of release or that sort of conversation between you and jesus or you and god or you and your inner self whatever that looks like um, and have healing and forgiveness and release abundantly but if you go and talk to someone about all of that stuff and then they further the idea of forgiveness with you. and they further give you even more forgiveness because you're telling them some area where you messed up in your life or you feel bad. and then that person is able to hold space for you and say, yes, you are forg- like, you did nothing wrong, you're forgiven. You know you're clearly are on the right track, et cetera, etc. Cetera then yeah, that healing, that release is all the more powerful for sure. But I guess what I'm saying is the way that I understand the Bible and the message of forgiveness is that we can have forgiveness and healing and release just between you and Jesus, just between you and God, just between you and yourself. Uh, But, but yeah, but if you share it with others, especially like, like Jesus says in groups of three, I'm there, you know, in groups of three or more, that's where you'll find me basically. It's a paraphrasing but you get what i'm saying <laughs> yeah. um, I, par- I paraphrase the bible too but uh <laughs> but you know so that's what i'm saying is like yeah if you have forgiveness in a group or if you have healing in a group yeah it's, it's all the more powerful that that release of whatever you're experiencing is way more powerful if you came to me and you were like hey man here's all the areas i messed up with my wife and i feel bad and i'm trying to work through this i could hold space and be like oh man here's all the ways i messed up with my ex wife here's all the ways i've messed up in my relationships now um it's cool like you know it's okay you're doing great you know what i mean like stuff like that yeah. is super powerful
0: yeah whenever um whenever you make something known especially something that you've um struggled with or, or kept quiet or or dealing with and then you have that in person real um conversation. <clears throat> yeah. Um, you could saw it, call it spiritual jujitsu. Um, maybe that's not the right term, but you have this, um, this coming to grips where things I think hit you a little stronger. Um, you know, if, if, um, sometimes if you're trying to talk with God personally and you're like, ah, I'm sorry I did that. Um, because you're not able to see face to face, it can be hard to come to grips with how bad it might've been what you just did. But say, if you go to that person, like, Hey, I'm sorry. I spread this false rumor about you or whatever. Like I'm sorry about that. Like seeing them face to face, there's that, that real, um, that reality that I think hits stronger. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, and, Anyways, I, I I think that's part of conversation that can help us um, aim at truth and to come to grips with what um, with God what wants for us to understand. Um, and and this is like where I I want to talk with people and um, about the Bible as well. Um, I mean, the way that I one of the ways that I understand the bible as instruction um so something i i haven't known for very long um uh, whenever you hear about the books of moses what do you usually associate those with
1: um first five books of the, the torah the first yeah. five books of the bible mm-hmm. um they all seem like they are written by different people though just reading them you know, one at a time, they, uh, they sound like in a different writer's voice. I get it that they're all attributed to Moses. Um, but I've always thought, um, one of the ways that I've understood this idea of Moses is the historical Moses. And then also the initiated group of priests and rabbis that were founded by by Moses and his brother, Aaron. Mm-hmm. And the kind of the first temple of the old of the of the church, in a sense, you know the first group of the Hebrews. so what I've thought about related to the book of Genesis is it seems more like you know conglomeration of the perhaps those people who kind of almost like ghost writers for Moses. You know that's kind of how I've thought about it before, perhaps not necessarily Moses himself, although I'm sure he. Was involved,
0: <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, so that's this. This kind of goes down the realm of critical scholarship, and it's yeah, kind of a. It's really a complex subject. Um, yeah, that people go in and study. But uh, one of the things I was thinking um, is that when you read the New Testament, um, usually you'll read um, it'll translate it the Law of Moses, the Law of Moses. Yeah, um, and you mentioned the word Torah. Um, and Torah is the Hebrew word for it, um, but they have very different meanings. Um, so Torah it has this more of this idea of instruction and guidance. Um, so uh, say like one of the, the general misunderstandings that people have, um, and this is kind of of Judaism in general, but uh, is always – as with all things, is can be confusing uh, between different groups. But um, a lot of people think that people in the Old Testament, so the Israelites were saved by keeping the instructions, keeping the Torah, keeping the law, um, and that if they broke them, then um, essentially they weren't saved and they have to do the sacrifices to get saved again or something. Um but the way that if you understand that most of those are not um a lot of the things in the torah a lot of things in the books of moses aren't just laws um you could think of them more as instructions you know so when you do jiu say you had like the master of jiu jitsu ever you know um you had um marcelo garcia um, who's like the Einstein of jujitsu. And, you know, if, if you had him guiding you and teaching you versus like you trying to come up with it yourself, you'd probably be like, I'm, I'm think I'm going to trust him. <laughs> um, cause you know, when, 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 um, uh, uh, when, when Paul and I, when we, when we met, we were teaching each other. Um, There's what, like four of us blue belts? Something like that. Something like that. that. And so we took turns teaching each other, which was kind of helpful to learn how to teach because I don't think any of us had really done that too much. Um, But there's also an aspect that I didn't feel like we were getting much better faster because we were just trying to like figure things out on our own. Um, and that's one of the, the things that I use in the conversation piece to be like, Hey, one of the reasons that we look at Moses, one of the reasons we look at the Bible is like, um, this claims to be from God as instruction. Um, so there's this kind of minimal response of saying like, well, should probably check it out. Um, now everyone is going to go different ways at some point. Um, and I've, I've found it reliable as I trust it as instruction. Um, and I think a lot of times we just must understand it. And that's why there's lots of disagreements on, um, religiously about like, well, what does the Bible say about this? Mm -hmm. That's why I've got like a, I don't know, 15,000 denominations or something.
1: Yeah, Uh, there's quite a lot. And, um, these days I found I've read the Bible very differently than I used to when I was a Christian. Um, I was raised as a Christian and I left the church when I was like 17. And um, then in the recent years, I've found like a much closer connection to Christianity. Well, I wouldn't say Christianity, but more like Jesus and the Bible. And I feel like I have a better understanding of it these days now more than I ever did when I was a Christian. Mm -hmm. Um, and, but I certainly wouldn't really call myself a Christian for sure. I don't go to church or anything, but I still read the Bible and pray and do all this, that, the other thing. And, um, but I just have a really different understanding of the Bible. I read it very differently than you do. And the way that I look at it is more of a idea of the, of it serving as almost a metaphorical story, the whole thing effectively of written as a historical document to an Mm -hmm. extent for sure. There's a lot of historical truth in there. Um, However, and I believe in the historical characters of the Bible, but overall, the document as a whole is almost like a a metaphor, a story of kind of a person's transition from, you know, throughout life, spiritually, the kind of uh, the way that your soul moves throughout life, from darkness to light, this idea that Mm -hmm. the books of the Old Testament, that the story of the Old Testament represents kind of the, the old energy of the world, kind of the darker energies of the world. And then the message of Jesus and the New Testament is kind of a, a new start, a new story, something that can be something that comes to wipe away everything that was in the Old Testament. So in that way, the Old Testament serves more as a, a documentation Of what used to be true whereas the new testament is now the new truth the new covenant the new understanding with with humanity and mankind and it's this truth that jesus brings which i believe is the truth of the kingdom of heaven is within that we are all one you know being we are all essentially have this have god within ourselves that The reason that you love one another or forgive your enemies is because that person is just you living a different life, effectively, that you and me are just two people who live a different life, but we're effectively the same. So hence, you know, this idea of living as Jesus lived. And if you really get into how did Jesus live, you find that he spent most of his time questioning the religious authorities, um, hanging out with people that he wasn't supposed to be hanging out with. Um, forgiving sins, uh, committing heresy, uh, performing miracles in the streets, uh, healing people on the Sabbath, which he wasn't supposed to be doing, um, and all this stuff. And you look at him, he's a very controversial figure, you know what I mean? And he's bringing this truth, he's bringing this message of the kingdom of heaven is within. The, The last will become first, the first will become last. That we will, that we are all equal, you know, that the, it's, it's a very, I wouldn't go as so far as some people who say like Jesus was a communist, but I wouldn't say that, but it's more like, I oh, heard it's, that it's, one. A, it's a very like power to the people kind of message. You know, it's a very, very radical message for its time. So for me, that represents the new truth, you know, so I wanted to present that as kind of a alternative understanding to the Bible. I don't know what else to say.
0: Yeah, uh, see so, for
1: reading on it for sure.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, this is one of the reasons I I like talking with you because you know, even if you're wrong about everything or I was wrong about everything, I think it's um this is a a good way to um at least start the conversation of like, well, hey, what was what, what did Jesus mean when he said some of these things? Um and I, I think a lot of us believe that he's been misunderstood but usually we come up with different answers um because yeah. he's one of the most controversial, probably the most controversial figure of all time um i'm <laughs> sure he's up there <laughs> <laughs> but um i think this is a good place for us to finish this conversation and i think um we at least for now but I, sure. I think we had talked about picking it up on your podcasts.
1: Yeah, that'd be great, man. Let's do um, that. Um, man, that'd be can, fun. that'd be down, really great.
0: We can go down whatever road um, that takes us. But um, uh, yeah, what do I say? this has been
1: a really <laughs> good conversation, man. I appreciate you. Um, yeah, I think that uh, we've done a good job here presenting different ways of looking at things. And ultimately this idea of jujitsu as kind of the vehicle that from, by which we can understand these kind of complex things, whether it's ancient religions or biblical truths or, you know, whatever it's, it's gives you a framework. It gives you a place yeah. where you can live like Jesus and see what that actually looks like
0: in life. Yeah. I think one of the, maybe the parting words whenever someone talks about jujitsu, usually simple is not going to be one of the words that it's associated with it. Yeah. Um, And on often we treat faith as, uh, as simple. Hmm. Um, And, and I think there's, there is an aspect of of things that should be seen simple, but, but we also have to come to understand like these can be really complex and sometimes we oversimplify the issues. Yeah. Um, and so the most important thing for us is to search, to question things, to wrestle, to jujitsu truth. Um, and, and by doing so only through wrestling, um, information, um, especially with, with others. Um, can you come to a better knowledge of the truth?
1: Yes. And I found just like in jujitsu, the truth is is usually right in front of your face in some form. The answer is usually that I'm the one making it too complicated, or I'm you know I'm the one who's somehow in the way. But the truth is right there. The way out of katakatami or the way out of scarf hold or the way out of the triangle choke is right in front of your face. Marcelo Garcia or Hoist Gracie would probably be able to figure it out. But the only reason you can't is because you just haven't put in that amount of discipline or training or whatever. You know what I mean? But it's not that you're a failure. You're there fighting and trying your hardest. It's just that, you know, you are still coming into your realization of the truth. <laughs> <laughs> well, that Paul, makes
0: yeah, no. Thank you so much for um, coming on and talk with me today.
1: Yeah, man. Thank you forward so much. It's been great.
0: Yeah, I look forward to our conversation. Oh, yeah. Let's do it again. All right. Later, man. I hope you guys enjoyed that conversation between Paul and I. We'll be continuing this conversation within about a week or two. And I'll put that in the, the notes once that is available. I encourage you to check out Paul's podcast, the Beyond Sapien podcast, which I'll put in the notes as well. Paul and I may disagree a lot, but that's okay. We're here to have a conversation. Sound the Shofar is here to investigate biblical truth.